When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Cultivating Success Podcast. Jeff Sofer and Jonathan Wolfson are brothers and business partners of the top landscaping company, Nature's Experts. Nature's Experts is home to six companies that cater to all your outdoor needs. To learn more about Jeff and Jonathan, simply visit us at www.naturesexperts.com. On the podcast, Jeff and Jonathan bring together other business owners and entrepreneurs to share with you how they developed a prosperous company and how you can too. You will gain insights and meaningful advice on creating the building blocks to success and longevity in the entrepreneurial realm. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff Sofer and Jonathan Wolfson. Hi, everybody. We are here with Jack Berger. I am Jeff Sofer, and I'm here with my business partner and my brother, Jonathan Wolfson. How are you doing, Jack? Doing great. How are you guys? Thanks for being here with us. And we are going to talk to Jack about something really important. We're going to talk today about money. And you can say it any way you want. You can say money. You can say M-O-N-E-Y. You can say cashola. You can talk about scratch. You can say it any way you want, but it is super important. However you say the word or whatever word you say it with. What kind of buckaroos is Jack going to be giving us today? There you go. Um, the important thing about it is though, with all kidding aside, is that when you have a business and you want to expand and you want to have a larger business or larger business holdings, properties, all different kinds of things that you'd like to expand to, to increase your portfolio and try to make money from, uh, you need a bank that is a business bank. And uh, we have found someone to be a liaison for us between the business banking community and us as business owners and entrepreneurs. And that person is Jack Berger. You know, I don't think everyone realizes the difference between a bank and a business bank. And I don't think they actually realize the benefit of connecting with somebody like Jack. That's why we felt like it was so important to get him on the show to really go over these details, because I think that it actually would have helped the growth of our company personally. And I know it would help yours also too, because we really didn't start using this, you know, since, uh, you know, maybe for the last three years. So I feel like if we would have had these kind of tools to understand the benefit of doing it, it would have made it more enticing to grow and be more aggressive actually. So Jack, tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you into doing business capital development services. Good question, John. Pleasure to work with you guys. Enjoyed it all the way through. So my background is high tech. I was in high tech for 25 years at a public company. I was raising the capital because it was my company. So when, when that finished in like uh, 2000, 2001, I had already been working with investors and capital raising and things like that. So I, I joined with a friend and we said, let's do business lending. So we started out doing SBA loans then commercial real estate loans. And that's what I've been doing for the last 20 plus years. So I, I kind of refer to myself as a financing specialist. So my job is to, as you, as you have seen, as you guys know, we work together. My job is to get you the, the capital and the type of funding that you need when you need it. 
You know, I think that, you know, understanding what business banking means, understanding what getting capital means, I don't think people understand the different tangible values that it actually can save people money, actually, because all these banks, they're not really created equal. They all have different initiatives and a regular person can't call all of them. They don't just give you the rate over the phone. You don't Google it. You have to really give them all the information they need. The only person that really has access is people that has ongoing relationships and they're seeing these live events happen for people on an ongoing daily basis because the market is changing on a daily basis. Even through what happened with COVID, you know, there were still banks where you might see that the rate generally was at a certain point. But there are certain banks that were actually more aggressive than that because they wanted to particularly get into a certain market or a certain client base at that particular point in their business, while other companies are wanting to get out of a certain lending facility type is what I found. Each, so, bank, yeah. has own, each bank has its own what we call credit box, what they like, and what they don't like. And that has a tendency to change over time. And it also changes depending on who you're working with at that institution. What would be like a big bank versus a business bank? Like what's typically the difference you would say? Well, you know, from a bank, bank of America Chase versus, you know, a smaller business bank. Well, here's one example that we, we use with you guys. If you remember, we had acquired these, other, these new businesses. We had some startup costs and one-time expenses. So yeah. a business bank would understand what that even means. Commercial non-business bank wouldn't even accept that. Wouldn't even, wouldn't even know what the, mean, what the meaning was. Why don't they understand that? Because isn't, you know, number, numbers are numbers, <clears throat> relationships are relationships. Why, why don't larger banks see that? It just depends on what their focus is and what their, what their guidelines are, what their credit box is. You know, I think that uh, it's interesting what you're saying, John, because you're saying something that everyone thinks, well, if one bank sees it, why can't another? But right. he's saying it's amazing. They just don't speak the same language. And it seems so simple to us but obviously these bankers aren't stupid. They're smart, smart people. So why don't they see that? And you're acting, Jack, like they just don't. One sees one thing, one sees another. Well, again, my, my, job is to, my job is to look at what we have to work with and yeah. figure out what we need and how to get it and who to get it from. That's what I do. Well, here on the Cultivating Success podcast, we try to uh, sort of draw parallels through things that I think are interesting. And it's funny because I feel like the banking industry is parallel and similar to the space that we're in. I'll tell you how, because everybody looks at the banking industry like it's just one industry, they do everything. And with landscaping, it's the same thing. You're a landscape company, you're a group of landscape companies, that's what you do, you do landscaping. They think you do landscaping anywhere, but we don't. We specialize and we have our specific business model Banks, same thing. They specialize and have their certain business model. And I think a lot of people from the outside don't really know that. You know, we specialize in high-end and ultra-high-end residences. And then we also specialize in some commercial, some municipalities with our tree company, things like that. But I think people think, oh, you know, could you guys do this landscape job? It's over here with this. Or could you do this one or that one? And people don't understand that you're scaled and you're sort of set to do a specific type of business, you know, if you have a good business model that's aggressive. And I think with banking, like I said, I, I think it's the same thing. I think that brings us why we, why we got connected with Jack is that everyone isn't really created equal. All businesses aren't created equal. 
all people. That's why, you know, it really is important to develop strong relationships to get the right advice. You know, you find someone else that does business lending to help you connect you with banks like Jack or whatever, they might only work with one particular bank. If they work with one bank, that isn't actually really helping you. They're just helping you get money. They're not actually helping you find the best rates, get the best resources. Right. Yeah. It's a long-term strategy depending on what you guys want to do to grow and expand. So that's what we've used since what, 2019 or so. It's about three years. We, we acquired several companies, several pieces of real estate, and we're able to put together financing for all of that. You know, each one was a little different. What would somebody who wanted to like get into your industry, like what would be like some of the like critical skills to stand out and actually to get into your industry? Like if somebody wanted to get into uh, capital development, business lending, like what you're in? That's an interesting question. See, my background is that I owned a company we had up to, I think, 40 some odd employees. So I've been on sort of your side of the table. So I understand making payroll Friday, looking at COVID, how things affect operations, et cetera. So I've been on that side of the table. So that helps when I, when I look at financial. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that about you. It helps all of that. So I have to understand from what you see the business from your side, operationally and management perspective, and from the lender side. And I have to bring the both sides together and match it. So that's what I do. It's a, it's a solution-oriented approach. It's very different. Most of the times in the financing industry, it's a yes or a no, as you know. I'm not a yes or no. But I, I think we want to figure out a way to put it together. But was your question, John, basically how would someone get into his industry? Or also, how did, how did you decide, to, how did you land in this spot to be like a liaison between a business and you know, the banks. Like, is that what you mean, John? What you're asking him? Just, it was, it was unplanned. It was just the sheer luck. And again, because of my skill set. Did you say Sherlock or sheer luck? Sheer luck. Or <laughs> Sherlock, as you wish. It was just, uh, it was just my good fortune. So because of my background, it worked really well. And I stayed with it for 20 some odd years. Just so you guys know, our tree company is Sherlock Tree Company. That's why I thought it was a funny joke. <laughs> yeah. So it was sheer luck that you ended up in it. So my question for you is, it was sheer luck. You're now in this industry. You've been in it for a while. And people would say, well, you must like it because you've done it for so long. Do you actually like it? I do. Because I like when we work together on, on projects, it helps you. And it's, it's a long-term, it's a challenge. Each deal is, each deal is a little bit of a challenge, which I, which I, I really enjoy that. So like, what would be like, if somebody was wanting to possibly get into doing this kind of business, do they need experience in banking, like working for another bank? Like, you know, you had different levels of experience that led you to do this actually. So like, what would somebody like, what would be like the beginning skill of somebody want to be an entrepreneur aspiring to get involved with just helping businesses in a financial capacity like you do? That's a difficult one. See, I think you need a mix of business ownership um, you need to know what it, what it feels like to have to make payroll on a Friday. I think you need some financing experience. You need to know how to talk to investors and banks. You need to be able to do a presentation. You need to be able to make a complicated presentation, which I can do because of my engineering background. I need to be able to step back and do a very simplified presentation so, so that people understand. And that's, it's, a difficult, it's a difficult combination of skill sets. It's specialized. But, you know, not many people, I don't think, possess that because if you have banking 
experience, but you don't necessarily have the private sector experience like he's saying that he has. And, you know, having a company, running a company, working for a company, and you're saying that's kind of necessary because you have to put your feet in the business right, owner's shoes right, right, in order right, right, to... Right. It's one of the challenges. And, and that's part of what I get to do, which is part of the fun part, is I get to tell stories. You, you know, because we work together, I ask a lot of questions and a lot of research. I have to put the storybook together in a way that the underwriters and the credit managers will approve deals. That's what I do. So that's why I ask a lot of questions. So. That's very true. He did. He asked us so many questions in the beginning so that he like really understood all the interworkings of everything. And that's why. So not just that it made sense to you, but so these underwriters, they want to hear all the backstory. They want to hear all of that. So they understand how everything operates and fires to each other. Exactly. And, and I have to make it very simple because they've never had to make a payroll on Friday. Right? They've never been in their own business. As, right. As, as right, weird right. as that seems, because they're approving all of our deals, they've never been in business for themselves. So that's part of the fun and part of the challenge. That's, so that's what you, we do. So, so you typically work with like new companies or you know more you know companies that have been around for a long time. Because I, I would have to imagine if you're like an entrepreneur starting out, finding business lending in the beginning is probably extremely difficult, right? It's challenging all along the way. So if you, if you had a young, uh, an entrepreneur that was just buying their first business, um, we would do, do that probably with an SBA loan. It's the best way to do it. And then as they grow and expand, like you guys expanded, we can expand into additional SBA loans or, for instance, commercial commercial or business lending like we did with you guys just depends on the deal is it real estate with it what kind of business is it um, is it complementary to what we already have so there's a lot of different factors that's again part of the challenge it definitely is a challenge it definitely has been a lot of work and it is something that you know if you want to grow aggressively you're definitely going to need to figure out how to partner with a bank with someone who can connect you with lending like this so you can manage the extreme growth because ultimately at the end of the day, you know, all of it costs money and you're prepaying for all of it before you complete the service, before you sell your product and you actually get your money. And if you want to wait, it certainly is a safer route to just generate the revenue, wait for it to come in, have it created as profits. And then when you have enough profits, actually, you know, fund that different expansion. But, you know, in our particular business model, we thought that, you know, we're looking to add operating companies and adding operating companies, you're able to, to look into the future and see and the past of what we can add to the company, what the company has performed and what that different margin would be. And I think that, you know, a lot of people are intimidated by adding on different employees. People are intimidated yes. by adding on, you know, these different companies that are all in their same wheelhouse, especially yes. when they're, they're integrated together and it does take more money than you think. It does take a lot of work. But at the end of the day, it's in your wheelhouse. And, you know, we are not the only ones that can do this. You know, we have companies that are all in very close proximity, but they're different companies. How many other different services that are out there could do the same thing also, too, if they just wanted to take the risk of, you know, what, buying? What do you, what do you mean we're not the only ones that can do this? If you're a dry cleaner. Or if you're oh, a, you mean in, a, in another space in like another in any industry. other space? Oh, okay. yeah, of course. Yeah, true. I think people don't really understand. The they don't operation. know how to scale. They don't know how to 
grow and do it in a way where, you know, like it makes sense. You mean? Well, it was important to me to get Jack on this episode because I think that I don't think people realize you can connect with a business broker. There are businesses that are always for sale. You can connect with people like Jack. They will literally hold your hand to go through your financials, make sure you're going to be in a safe spot with purchasing it and actually purchase another business that can be profitable very quickly, even using the funding. So it doesn't mean that you neglect being responsible, having enough cash in the bank, having enough cash reserves and all of those different things that go into it. But at the same time, you know, adding more isn't always as complicated as you think. And the economy of scale can also give you more comfort of getting the right kind of management in place to properly, you know, operate both different divisions. Well, you guys also were in the right frame of mind. You're very open-minded and very flexible going forward. So one of the things that might be worth mentioning is, for example, tax returns and financial statements. The IRS is not the only audience looking at those things. The banks and lenders are also. So we have to look at them from two perspectives when it comes time to do tax returns and financial statements. You guys, we did that together, if you remember. That's how we came up with the non-recurring cost. That's the one reason we did that. So connecting with somebody like you though, Jack, you're somebody that you can, you would educate somebody that very quickly. So like, I think people connecting with other business development, capital people like yourself, it can help them. You know what I mean? Understand what are the parameters for the next step? Because you don't know unless you're connected with the right people. We are connected with the right people. And that's why I'm, it's so important to me that I think that you explain all these different processes. Like you said, Getting a PL. Not everyone has an accurate PL. Why is the PL important if you want to expand your company? Right. And these are all little, little things when you think about it, but they're big things as far as creating a track record, making a bank want to be able to actually lend to you, and um, making you also feel comfortable with what the real numbers are of your business. Because a lot of people in smaller business assume they're making a certain amount of money when they actually don't know what they're making. Here's something I would like to add that I think we talk here on the cultivating success podcast also about guts. And I think that's the thing that guess what? That's not on a bank on any sort of a spreadsheet that they provide. It's not on a PL that we provide. That's the people that are actually walking up to the closing table, signing and taking on that, that responsibility And I was wondering, Jack, is John and I have done that several times and nothing against people that don't have the guts to do it, but you know, everything in life takes guts and to continue to add on to your point, John, about how, you know, it's easy for people if they would just, you know, get with someone from a bank, like a professional like Jack, if they would have some other professionals in their life, everyone can help them, but can you actually, and will you actually sign on for it, even if it makes sense? And all of these professionals and all the numbers make sense. And everybody tells you that, you know, you're good to go. Will you actually do it? And so what I'm curious, Jack, is, is it always that you have people go through with deals? Do they peter out? Um, Do they just sometimes, they just can't, you know, rev up to do it? They don't have the guts. I mean, what do you come across with a lot of entrepreneurs and with a lot of people? Most entrepreneurs that I've dealt with over the years have gone to Closings. Yep. There are a few that have, that have skipped out in the middle. Um, so Can you tell the difference? It's just the nature of being an entrepreneur. You have yeah. that, that's in your blood. Yeah. So you really can kind of see that when you first meet people, Jack, if they're real entrepreneurs or they're just people trying to get into business? 
Yeah, you can you can sense that pretty well because based on the type of questions they ask, how much they want to borrow, what they want to do, what the plans are, they're really serious. Yeah, it, so, it, it becomes pretty obvious after a while. Yes, yeah, so you do. I mean, the answer would be, be to me would be, yeah, you've seen people that just don't have the guts to do it. And I guess when they don't, that's a person that you wouldn't identify as a true entrepreneur. Right. Because like you said, it's, it's, it's a risk reward thing. Yeah. So you risk and that's when you get rewarded. It really does. And it's not like you're, it's not like I'm sitting here and you know this, John, it's not like we're sitting here saying, oh, we have guts and someone who doesn't, doesn't. It's, it's a specific type of guts that you need to have. You need to have a wherewithal. John and I talk all the time about how, you know, you need to have a very strong stomach, you need to have a very strong psyche, and really you need to be made of Teflon in a way to be in business. And the bigger your business gets, you know, the bigger the problems, the bigger the issues you deal with and the bigger things you have to overcome. So I think that some people, you know, they're just not made that way. And if everybody was made that way, every person would be an entrepreneur and they'd want to own a business rather than work in a business. But uh, I think, do you agree, Jack, that you sort of see like a common thread? Yes, of course. Through all these entrepreneurs? Yes. And a real entrepreneur at heart won't see problems, they'll see challenges. So we have to address the challenges like we've been talking amongst us, the three of us, coming potentially to recession and whatever. What do we do to plan for that? That's all part of being an entrepreneur, right? It all can be figured out too. You just got to work really, really, really hard and you can't give up. The second you give up, you're done. Never give up. Jack, what do you think, uh, since, we're, since we're actually talking about that, what do you think the reason is most business owners fail? Well, some business owners fail. What do you mean most business owners fail? Some. Why do you think business owners that do fail, fail? There you go. That's a good question. I'm not sure I know. It's good. You know, do you think- we'll take any, a minute and think about it. Do you because... think there's any correlation? You know, a lot of these businesses during COVID, do you think any of it had to do with just their, their retained earnings, things that had to do maybe more no, with their I think, I think it has more to do with their, how motivated they are, their commitment. Maybe they run out of steam. You know, they're just- like I said, I just said a few minutes ago, you have to have a really strong stomach for right. it, the, you know, the ups and downs and your psyche. You know, it's, I think for me, I see people, they've run out of steam. And I think your answer allies with that. Exactly. I agree. You're 100%. It's not easy, but it, 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 you have to address all the challenges and, and then you get rewarded. You know, a minute ago, we all said, you know, you never give up. They give up. Seems pretty basic to me. Never give up. Not everybody has the same constitution that you have though, John. You don't realize that. I tell you this all the time. It becomes very natural to him and he thinks it's very normal the way that he is, how he never gives up, how he just bears down and goes through the difficult times and just works very hard and is willing to do anything. He doesn't understand that just because he's like that, that a lot of people aren't made and built like that. And he really does have a hard time sort of understanding that other people don't like to him, that's foreign. Wouldn't you say? Well, over the years, I certainly haven't, uh, you know, I definitely am somebody who I connect with my brother. I love my brother. I love connecting with Jack and other people that are really smart around me, but I haven't really invested tons of time of being like, you know what? I want to meet all of these different people and know what everyone else is doing. I'm really focused on what I'm doing. Yeah. And I really have this like shell around me that I'm so involved with what I'm doing. I'm interested with what other people are doing. I care. I'm all ears. But at the same time, I don't, it doesn't like penetrate my shell. 
I'm so involved with what I'm involved so with true. Yes. So that uh, I can understand and empathize and be like, that's very difficult. But at the same time, I leave the conversation. I know exactly what I need to do and what I need and how I need to execute because it's important every single day. The challenges don't change in anybody's business. You have to fight for it every single day. Right. You know, Jack, I think that, what would you think that, you know, somebody who like us, like what's our next step, right? For, you know, people wanting to expand their business, you know, look at us as an example. Like what is the next step you think? Like we're about to possibly, maybe we're already in it, be in some form of a recession or a slowdown or a turn or however you want to phase it. I think we're in it, but that's just my opinion. I think so too. Um, what is your advice? You know what I mean? You're in the lending business. Is this the time not to do lending? Is this the time to do lending? What is your perspective of you know what business owners should be guided to right now as far as expanding? A couple of things. One is it could be a good time to think about being very selective over the next coming months to expand because there's going to be certain, certain entrepreneurs are going to have challenges. So it could be a good time. But you have to cherry pick. You have to have patience. You have to be very careful. Yeah. It could be a good opportunity. The other thing that I think I would mention is it's always good to learn from past experiences. From the Great Recession, you, you may or Jeff, John, you're a little younger, but Jeff, I'm sure you remember. A lot of my business clients woke up in the middle of the Great Recession and went to draw down on their, on their credit lines, their business credit lines, and they weren't there. Why weren't they there? Because they used them all because up or the bank revoked because them? The bank, because the bank shut them down. So as we get further into the recession, hopefully it's a soft landing. But if it's not, be just one word of caution to business owners is you might think about drawing down on your lines of credit, your commercial lines of credit, and putting them in, a, in an account somewhere where the bank can't touch them. And just pay the yeah. interest on it just so you have them. Just so you have it. Because otherwise, if we get into a deeper recession, you might wake up one day that you need I it. I think that's, I think. And you think that's coming, Jack? Well, hold on a minute, though, before you can ask in a minute. I think that's very good advice. Business owners should hear that because I do think that people think it's a bank. Once a bank, you know, approves you for something, they think, okay, I'm approved. But you're saying, no, that it's possible the bank can just come back and say, okay, guess what? We're, We're shutting it down. We that in 2008, 2009. So. That's fucked up. That's right. fucked up. And people should realize that. That's interesting. I never knew that. Something for us to consider. Right. So what was yeah, your question? I certainly thought about it because of the discussions we're having with your stuff. So John said, do you think that's what's coming? Well, I, again, I hope that it's a soft landing and not a hard landing on a recession. But I think, I think like, like you suggested, Jeff. 2008 was a hard landing. Yeah. We were yeah. Like, no kidding, right? And a, long, yeah. a hard, long landing. So hopefully that's not, we're not in for that this time. But you never know. So again, like to, to John's point, you have to focus, 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 watch every day what's going on and make decisions. But that's one of the things that I would suggest you keep your eyes open to. You know, I've felt, noticed, seen all of the above as far as what is changing in the industry right now. And all the companies are getting around to the inflation. Everybody is getting it, not, yeah. just, not just our business. You mean you charging know, for it? Yeah, every single person that hasn't already adjusted their prices, whether it's a, a good or a service, it doesn't matter. Every single person is reanalyzing their thing. And right. I think that it's actually going to end up coming into where it is going to be definitely a recession is when everyone actually finishes it. So I don't know when every business owner is going to go through and say, 
the banana that was 79 cents is needs to be a dollar nine. And the landscaping company they used to charge a hundred dollars is charging $120. But I think that the second that that happens, it is going to suck so much money out of the regular consumer's pocket. And it's not going to be regenerated back into the economy or whatever. That's when we're really going to feel it. And I really don't know what's going to happen at that point. Well, you know what I think? I think that the recession, a recession is a time of sink or swim more. I mean, listen, it's sink or swim in life in general, but it is really elevated in a recession because there's so many other things to contend with. When you're not in a recession, you don't have to contend with them. I feel like a lot of people look at recessions like they're opportunities. There's other people that are well, maybe going down like, a lot of an entrepreneur like you, but a lot of people think it's, you know, doom and gloom right. when there's a, a recession. That's what a normal person or a regular person thinks. But again, you think differently than someone that sets you aside, yeah. All right. you know, the way you think, don't you agree, Jack? Yes, I do. That's why you're good at what you do. There's going to be a lot of opportunity coming up specifically for, I think, our industry in general, because it's going to be the people that don't really know their numbers. Knowing your numbers, you can actually really hone in on exactly the right price to charge. So you're not overcharging. You know, when inflation hits, you don't know the number. It says that it's 8% or 9% or whatever. That's just inflation. That doesn't mean that the actual costs need to go up 8%. The cost could go up 20% because every single thing on your line items went up 8%. So it actually could go up more. I really don't know how everyone's going to navigate it, especially the smaller business owners that don't really look at their numbers to really understand what to charge. They're just going to find themselves, we're losing money. What do you do when you lose money? You charge more. How much more do you charge? A lot. A lot really doesn't get you anything. You know, you need to know exactly what to charge and why. So Jack, is there anything else you think that we missed that you want to ask us or you want to add to anybody who's looking to do business funding? Um, not specifically. I mean, we, we talked a little bit about um, a startup, uh, or, or a young entrepreneur jumping into the fold. We can do one of the most important things, which we really didn't touch on in a case like that, is some experience. From a lending perspective, it's really good, really helpful to have some experience in that particular industry. So like if you guys had come to us 10 years ago, as an example, you should have had some experience in the landscaping, botanical field, whichever, just some related experience, because that really helps. That and business ownership. If we can find those two things, huh. the rest of it, the rest of it will pretty much fall in place as long as you have decent credit and, and whatever. So. so if you're someone who has decent credit and you have some money behind you, you're saying that the other element is experience in that particular industry. And if you don't have it, then you're not really as strong of a candidate is what you're saying to the bank. It makes it more difficult. It's not impossible. I don't like the word impossible. But it makes it more difficult. Plus the fact that, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, you go into business to make money. You want to be yeah. successful. Well, yeah. to improve your chances of success, you should have some experience. So kind of all, all comes together. And then that's kind of true whether you're expanding whether you're buying the first business or whether you're expanding to the third and fourth and fifth one. The more experience you have, you know, the better off you are. So just my experience. Either way, we Jack, can do the first business or the, the fifth or the sixth or the tenth one. Well, we got a lot more to go. We're certainly not done yet. We're just getting started. I hope so. So Jack, I appreciate you joining <laughs> us today on the Cultivating Success Podcast. Um, I'd like, can you tell the audience where they can connect with you, your phone number, your email, so they can reach out to you if they ever do need anything? Capital, 
dot cc like charlie charlie and my phone number is 561-289-6094 jack thank you again so much for joining us today i really think it was really insightful you know every time that i speak to you specifically you know sometimes we talk about things i already know the answers of but you know speaking to people and knowing how they can help you you know it's interesting how the conversations sometimes go other places where you can use that person's expertise to really help you come up with the best possible solution. And I think that, you know, it is the smart person surrounds themselves with people who are smarter than themselves. That's right. And uh, I really think that we're very lucky to have you working with us. And I really appreciate you, um, you know, how great of a job you've done for us. And thank you again for uh, joining us today. I second all that, Jack. Thank you so much for your continued professionalism and uh, everything that you've done for us because you have been a significant part of what we do and what we're trying to accomplish. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. It's been a pleasure working with you guys. Hopefully we'll continue going forward. Definitely. The size of your, your operation. That's right. Be well. Jack, All thanks right. again. All the best. Thank you. You bet. This has been the Cultivating Success Podcast with Jeff Sofer and Jonathan Wolfson. To learn more about Jeff and Jonathan and their businesses, visit www.naturesexperts.com.